YouTube, be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that because you don't know who you're going to be. Welcome to the Cosmic Laundry Podcast. I'm your host, Giselle Plamondon. I'm a clinical counselor and psychological astrologer, and I started this podcast to have real, grounded conversations and to bridge the gap between the spiritual and the mundane. On this podcast, we take mystical topics and we talk about them in a deep and impactful way. Every conversation is astrology infused and it's my intention that each episode brings you into a deeper experience of your own humanness and your own divinity. You are divine, you are here for a reason, and no matter what you do or who you are, I believe that you have powerful magic to give to the world. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for listening. Let's dive in. Hi loves, welcome back. Okay, so this week we have a bonus episode with Brooklyn from Roots Rising. This was actually recorded to be on her podcast and she was gracious enough to let me use it to uh, share with you guys to put on my podcast as well. Um, So in this episode, she is interviewing me She's asking questions, you know, basically we talk about the energy of 2021. What's going on? What can we expect? Um, You know, how is this going to look? And the thing that, the the biggest thing about 2021 is that we are are manifesting, right? We're really creating this vision for our future, for our life, and that's what we're really, really anchoring into. So this is a great podcast for if you want to understand the energy of 2021. If you want a little bit of information about the duality of the signs and how the the sister signs and, and polarities work together. And we also talk a little bit about her chart. So um, we talk about Saturn return, what it's like having Saturn in the seventh house. Um, we go into a lot of stuff. So there, there's a bunch of, of really juicy info in this conversation for you. Um, if you do want to know more about the energy of 2021, I did a mini workshop on it that you can still purchase. It's on my teachable. I will link it in the show notes below. And in that workshop, we really went into how do you connect into the energy of 2021? How do you manifest? How do you create the life of your dreams? And it combines, you know, me talking about the energy of 2021, me sharing a little bit about manifestation and some of my process and what works for me. And then there's some journaling. So uh, you can still purchase that. It's only $33. That will be linked in the show notes, as well as I think it's really important to let you guys know that the soul guides are open. So if you've been wanting to get a soul guide for the last few months, but haven't been able to because they were sold out, I have them open again, so you can purchase them. That link will be in the show notes below as well. Um, I hope you love this episode. Brooklyn is great. Her podcast is really great. She's kind of just in the process of figuring out her own flow um, and whether she's going to post often or not often or, you know, what her vibe is with that. Um, So I wanted to get this out to you 
as soon as I could, but I, I just know you're going to love it. It's a good conversation and it's really quick. So <laughs> if you're used to um, the lengthiness of, of my typical podcast episodes, you might like this. You might like that it's short and sweet and cuts right to the point. Hope you're having a great week and we'll chat soon. Different people have different experiences of every single year, 2020 included. And the thing with 2020 is that this was like the year of the astrology being the most literal it, it possibly could be. Like I have never seen uh, you know, an astrological year where everything plays out textbook, worst case scenario. Astrologers have been talking about 2020 for years. This was not, I remember last year in like November, December, everyone was so excited for 2020. Like we're starting, a, you know, a whole new decade. This is what I want to achieve. Everyone was so stoked. And I just like saw myself and so many astrologers like, guys, like don't, 2020 is going to be a mess. There's going to be lot, lots going on. Um and so the, the big thing with 2021 is that we're over, like 2020 was a monumental year. Astrologically speaking, we will not see something like that in our lifetime. Like we just won't. It was by far one of the most intense years of, you know, the next 50 years. So we're through that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're 100% in the clear. There's like an integration period now. So everything kind of happened in 2020 and energy doesn't stop and start. We have to still go through the, the birth process, essentially. Yeah. So 2021, yes, it's going to be lighter. Uh, it's not going to be as heavy, but there's still work to do. We've still got something we've got to do. Yeah. I feel like there's always, always work to do, but I will, I'll yeah. tell you that in January of 2020, I, I, uh, wasn't really on the whole, this is going to be our year bandwagon. Um, yeah. I feel that energetically. So I would do my own sort of like energetic forecasts for each year. And in 2020, I felt like it was very much so repressed, unhealed wounds that were going to rise to the surface, both as individuals and of course as the collective or for the collective and we would be forced to look at them right which mm -hmm. we saw over and over and over again and i think yeah. for 2021 now we're aware of all of that and we can't go back like we've seen our shadow self and we can't go back and in 2021 we'll be exploring that to a greater extent and really integrating what we learned within us it's really interesting that you picked all that up because you hit that like that's exactly what the energy of 2020 was about like the jupiter pluto conjunction uh, we had three of them typically we only have one and and that's really what that energy is about it's about bringing everything to the surface so it can be processed and packaged and, and released and so um 2021 when we move forward there's gonna be this energy of of okay we've got work to do we've got some integration we still have to pay attention i think there's also going to be an energy of connecting with our own gifts because in 2020 it's almost like like as you were talking about everyone's into astrology now i remember when i first started studying astrology and i had to scour my like local bookstores to find anything astrology related like it was so hard to come by mm -hmm. and especially anything that was 
decent, anything that wasn't just like fluffy, you know, Zodiac garbage. And so now to go into places like Indigo and McNally Robinson and to have entire shelves dedicated to astrology and crystals and tarot and all of that stuff, like that's really what we're waking up to. And I think 2020 for many people was the year of letting go of all the things that, that aren't serving us, letting go of relationships, jobs, thought patterns, all of that stuff. So that in 2021, we can get really clear on what we're good at. We can get really clear on what our energetic gifts are. We can get really clear on um, what we have to offer the world. And I think that 2021 will be a year of empowerment for a lot of people, as long as they don't get stuck in worrying about what they've lost. Aside from, you know, of course, there's been a lot of really big losses in 2020. But when it comes to like, the people who've had to move or the people who have had to um, change their jobs, things like that. Like accepting that, you know, you're in a new phase of life and not getting attached to what was. Yes. Really connecting into yourself and your own power and your own magic and your own gifts. That's what 2021 is going to be. about. Oh my gosh. I got like shivers. I'm like, yes, bring it on. I feel like, the energy very much so for me that I pick up is manifestation energy. And I want to be clear about this because I think that we can write all the lists that we want to write and like be clear about what we want to manifest. But if we aren't practicing gratitude and really just waking up, giving thanks for the present moment, then it's difficult to call in a future that we are seeing. Right. So when I say manifestation, I want to be clear because a lot of people just tend to focus on the list and they don't think gratitude as a main part of that practice. I agree wholeheartedly. And um, manifestation, too, is is trauma work. It's just healing work. The more you heal, the more you manifest. You don't even necessarily have to do a lot of those external practices if you're just connecting to yourself. I'm just going to look at your chart here and see, like, what's going on. for you personally this year because it's interesting for me (laughs) me? it was a year yeah um oh yeah well you so I know I'm a sun cancer just for anyone listening a sun cancer moon Sagittarius Mm -hmm. my mercury is cancer as well and my rising is uh Virgo yeah. Have you had your chart read before? Yes. Like a while ago, yeah. I had my chart read. I feel very in tune with the moon specifically. So I'm really good at picking up on like the yeah. faith of the moon and what it means energetically. But when it comes to the planets, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I downloaded like certain apps like CoStar and the pattern this year. And I felt like because this was such a It was personally a very uh, difficult year, obviously for the collective. Personally, I also struggled. I felt like kind of thrown off every time the pattern or co-star would give me like a little blurb about what I'm supposed to be feeling based on Mm. the stars. And I felt like I couldn't invite energy in where someone or something else was telling me who I am and how I feel. If that, Mm -hmm. you get that ever, people, people ever like, I don't want to know because I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's actually when I talk about the bringing the feminine into this practice, that's actually what I'm talking about because I'm the same way. So I live 
very much in the present moment. I don't um, try to live too far in the future or too far in the past. And that's actually based on um, my human design. That's the way I'm meant to be living. I have, I carry, you know, sun in gate 20, um, my incarnation cross is the, the uh, right angle of the sleeping phoenix. Like I'm not really meant to be living anywhere other than in the present moment which I think is where a lot of my own like embodiment practices and my receptivity and a lot of these um, really feminine qualities that I have really comes from that ability to just be in the moment. And so I, when I first started with astrology, did not do any type of, I didn't do horoscopes. I didn't do monthly forecasts. That's something that I've only recently gotten into because I see how much it helps other people. But the thing with that is that there are certain people that I'm not sure should be using astrology in that way. And those are people that are really anxious or really wanting answers outside of themselves. Yeah. That's because then astrology becomes a crutch. It becomes no different than any other, um, you know, guru or mentor. It doesn't allow you to access the wisdom that comes from within. But people who know how to connect to that intuitive wisdom, then the forecasts and the transits and all of that can make sense and they can add richness instead of creating dependence. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I deeply resonate with that. And I think, yeah, I'm just, I would be cautious to use anything as a crutch. Like that is a, yeah. Uh, self-awareness practice that I'm very much so involved in is looking at what are my vices? Like, what am I leaning on? And of course, giving myself the space when I need to, to indulge in those things. Yeah. For the most part, I'm pretty removed from any crutches and like to ask myself, you know, what am I feeling? How do I want to mm -hmm. move forward? Right. Yeah, that's so Virgo. That's that's your Virgo rising for sure, because the energy of Virgo is so conscientious and so connected to um, purity in that way, right? Sourcing from within and within only. So that absolutely makes sense for you and for your chart. Virgos get such a bad, like, <laughs> I feel like the image of them is that they're super uptight. Like, I just yeah. think of Virgo always cleaning and like, I'm definitely, yeah, definitely a cleaner. Um, mm -hmm. My space is spotless. However, that might just be more of my mom and less of the yeah. Virgo in me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So Virgo, there's a few signs that have really, where the wisdom of them has been lost. And Virgo is one of those. So Virgo is the sign of the goddess. It's the sign of devotion. It's about bringing sacredness into the mundane. So it, it's not about cleanliness as much as it is about purity and creating the right environment for um, ritual and for connection to God to occur. That That's why um, there can be when it's um, out of balance, Virgo energy can be quite anal um, and, you know, all of the things that we think of, but in its healthiest version, it's really about setting ourselves up for a life that is, is really rich and profound without having to be extravagant. So, Virgos are really, really deep and, and probably one of the most feminine of all of the signs. Hmm. I believe there's duality in all things. So with the birth charts or with the zodiac signs, is there also that duality? Like it kind of sounds like that. Like you're saying the unhealthy version of Virgo might be like super anal. And then the mm -hmm. healthy version is more so like bringing um, ritual or 
I'm just picturing a goddess now, right? But so there's yeah. in the zodiac signs as well. Absolutely. There's even like, it's more of a, a spectrum, but there's like, you know, two extreme ends and you can really exist anywhere in between. And the thing that, that I think a lot of people don't understand is that really there's only six zodiac signs. All, all of the signs work in opposition. Oh no, Giselle, I'm going to be, <laughs> what do you mean? What so, do you mean? All, all I mean is that like, so say you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I connect with actually a lot of the the um, controlling critical tendencies of Virgo. That just means that you're not leaning into the opposite side, which is Pisces. It means that you're not bringing in and cultivating that oppositional awareness. All of the signs are meant to work in tandem with each other. And the thing I think people don't understand is that whatever your sun sign is, the earth is in the opposite. So just as much as you are a cancer son, the, the earth was in Capricorn at the time that you were born. So everything works in opposition. And I really think that the um, balance between the two is what creates health and harmony with all of our placements. So for people listening, what we should all do is have a look at our chart and take what signs we do have within our birth chart that are like, would you say active? Like, yeah, active, right. And look at the opposite or opposing sign and yeah. see how we can kind of merge the two or like have them mm-hmm. melt into one another in order to create that balance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very especially with your big three, especially with your sun, your moon, and your rising. Um, and with any part of your chart that you feel is like inflamed, where you feel like, ooh, this part of my chart is, is really coming out in a heavy and intense way. If you connect into the opposite energy and cultivate that, you'll naturally come into the higher expression of it. The thing is, too, that I think a lot of people don't understand is, is you have, you carry the entire zodiac. So even like Okay, so you don't have any planets in Aries, but you still have your eighth house is ruled by Aries. So when it comes to the way that you approach um, shadow work and depth and psychology and the darker themes of life, you'll approach that in a more Aries type way. You'll approach those things with courage and with bravery and with the ability, you'll just dive right in there. Oh, yeah. Impulsivity. So we have all of the signs within our chart and they all manifest in different ways. Wow. I really, this yeah. is so helpful. I, I kind of want to get into the houses just briefly. People send me yeah. questions about the houses all the time. And specifically they will ask me what happens if I don't have any planets in a mm-hmm. particular house? Am I doomed? Yeah. The expert is here. Yeah, I I get that question a lot too. And there's certain questions that just, um, they frustrate me because those that comes from misinformation. I have seen a lot of people who claim to have studied astrology saying exactly that, like, oh, you don't have any energy in that area. Um, and this is the danger with, with when things rise and when things become popular, we have a lot of people who aren't necessarily... Um, I don't want to say they're not meant to because it might be a stepping stone, but we have a lot of people who kind of jump on the bandwagon, right? And what happens with that is then you have a lot of misinformation and I'm seeing a ton of that with astrology right now, Um, which is, you know, to be expected, but that's a huge question that I get all the time. And the answer is no. So the thing about the houses is 
any planets in certain houses will tell us, you know, we're really putting that planetary energy into that area of our life. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing, right? So it's um, hugely dependent on the planet and how much that planet likes being in that house and in that energy. When you don't have any planets in a certain house, you have full control uh, to really manifest that house in whatever way you want to, because you have nothing supporting it, but also nothing hurting it. So it's kind of like a, a blank canvas or a blank slate, and you get to just really create art with it. You get to do what you want. It's not a bad thing at all. For me, I think my house is seventh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Google tells mm -hmm. the seventh house is about love and relationships. Yes. Yeah, it is. So I too yep. is also crossing my fingers and holding my breath. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I have no houses in there. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's good. Um, and I, so I actually use a different house system. I use the whole sign houses most, and we don't, we don't have to go into that conversation because that can, get, uh, there can be a lot there. Um, but based on the, the house system that, um, I use, you do have, you have one planet in there, but you are correct in that that is the, it's deeper than love and relationship. It's like the divine mirror, the the seventh house is what we project onto others. And it's also what we have coming towards us. It's um, as long as we're giving out the energy of the seventh house, we will receive it. Does that make sense? So how can I kind of, how can I give out? Like, what am I meant to give out to like um, embody the frequency of the seventh house? So you have, you have a really interesting um, thing going on with your seventh house because you have your seventh house is ruled by Pisces. So the more you connect into that like spiritual, mystical, ethereal, unconditional love energy, because that's what Pisces represents is our capacity for understanding universal oneness and, and divine love. The more you put that out into the world, the, the more you'll, you'll have that like come back to you. Um, but our, our seventh house often too will reflect what we don't want to see in ourselves because it's the opposite of our, our ascendant and our rising sign. So we have to work really hard to connect into it. The other thing is that you actually have Saturn in the seventh house. So you're meant to really approach relationships and, and any type of partnership, whether it's a business partnership or a relationship, you're meant to approach these things with, um, with resilience and, and also with responsibility. You, you're not meant to be really flippant with these ideas or decisions about partnership in any way. Um, and so when you get really serious and take responsibility for your relationships and your close connections with others, you get gifted with these like really loyal, steadfast connections. But that's often something um, that we have to connect to in ourselves. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I think like I've always said that unless the person is this like angel to me, then it's just not worth it like that's my outlook yeah. on relationships for me it's not worth yeah. it it's like mm, you're adding so much value to my life and you're an angelic force I maybe because I'm just okay with being on my own but also I feel that like responsibility yeah. I take relationships seriously you know I put a lot into mm -hmm. them so yeah is this aligning with what you're yeah mm -hmm. 
Well, it's interesting that you say that because that's the exact way that that plays out. So when we have Pisces ruling the descendant, it really makes us want to be with partners that connect us to the divine. So that like we want to be with partners that have that angelic kind of quality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, that's so sweet. sensitive, spiritual, intuitive souls right um and then having saturn there really adds to that that commitment and responsibility element element mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's exactly what that placement means okay i love yeah. that i feel again optimistic about this i'm grateful for yeah. your perspective so as much as i wish we could just keep going through my own chart <laughs> i feel like the people know, listening okay. are like girl like <laughs> <move> it along. <laughs> so yeah just kind of move back into the 2021 energy. Is there anything that really stands out that we should be aware of? Yeah. So some big things for this year, we are going to have another Saturn Uranus square. So that was what was happening when we had all of the protests for Black Lives Matter in June. We're going to have at least one of them, maybe two. I can't remember if Saturn retrogrades enough that we'll have two of them this year. And, and that really brings about social change and, and technological change. So we can expect more, maybe not exactly like that, maybe not worldwide protests, but we can expect like that is not going away. And I think that's a great thing. We're going to be more focused on equality in 2021, which we have to be. And I, I love Saturn Uranus squares. They can bring some intensity, but they're really, really important for the evolution of humanity. And then we have pretty much every... Every planet aside from Mars is going retrograde this year. That happens most years. So that's not like people hear that and they're like terrified, but like um, that happens most years, most planets, you know, most of the planets are retrograde half the year anyway, but it's nice that we don't, we had a Mars retrograde this year and those can be really intense. So we don't have one of those that we have to worry about this year. And I think like just the big thing with this year is just like, similar to 2020 expecting the unexpected but more so being ready and being steady in that and knowing that you can handle whatever gets thrown at you mm -hmm. yeah and just knowing like we are in the midst of some really big cycles and where we are the ones that are birthing this new age so everything that we do matters even if you don't think that what you're doing matters even if it feels like it's something that's really small there's a ripple effect that's going to be felt for generations with with all of the good that we're doing so i think that yeah that faith is a really powerful word yeah i keep thinking yeah. like can we it's beautiful that we want to do things for like we're so focused on the self right the self the self the self but can we start doing this healing work for the future generations, for our children, for mm -hmm. our ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. At the below, like yeah. can we start to own that this isn't just about us. That's kind of, that's been coming up a lot. That's been coming up a lot for me. So I have one more question for you. And I feel like it's, Again, something that I get a lot and I posted, as you know, a little story and ask me anything and people were asking about the Saturn return. They're like, ask mm -hmm. about the Saturn return <laughs> because again, yeah. it's another something to fear. Yeah, because there's, 
it's one of those things that I think we've been taught to not trust anything that we don't understand. And I think some astrologers feed into that fear because it's really easy to sell things when you sell from that perspective. Um, less astrologers are doing that now. It's shifting and it's changing. But I, I think it comes down to like, A, not understanding it. B, thinking that the planets have more power than they actually do. Of course they have impact. Um, but I always compare it to like, okay, if, if it rains and you want to go for a walk, like you can still go for a walk. You're just going to have to deal with some like adverse conditions. That's all. Like you don't have to let the cosmic weather impact your life. You know, can you imagine if every time it rained or it snowed, you were like, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not doing anything. You just I, like halt of your life. That is kind of me in the snow. So now I feel I'm like, wait, my life halts. I will be on hold until April, 2021. However, the rain, no big deal. I'm strolling, you know? Yeah. And I, I think about it that way. So knowing what the cosmic weather is doing is helpful because then you don't have anything unexpected. You can, you know, pack your umbrella or whatever, but it doesn't have to, to be this thing that controls your life. And the moment you start approaching astrology from that way, I really, it's no longer healing and it's no longer empowering. And then I think it's important to just find something else to have faith in. Um, I definitely don't believe astrology is for all people. I think it's for the people that it works for and it's for the people that it, it doesn't work for. It's not it. And I think the thing with Saturn return is a, it really marks the beginning of our adult lives. From an astrology perspective, we're children until our Saturn return. And we live in a society that really values youth. So I think that there's that aspect of it, not wanting to mature, not wanting to age, not wanting to have to come into our own responsibility and power. And I, I think the second part is just a lot of misinformation. Um, most people will experience, I would say that the progressed lunar return which happens at 27 right before the Saturn return is 10 times harder and more difficult than the Saturn return and nobody talks about it I've never heard of that yes. I will be 27 in what like six months or something mm -hmm. so yeah so they work together so I really think of like there's a reason that we have like the 27 club right it's it's connected to uh, this progressed lunar return. And I, I see, I mean, I think all astrologers see the cycles as working together. So it's not a coincidence that it happens like right before your Saturn return. And this is really, it's a year when we have to confront all of our stuff, any emotions we've buried, anything we haven't healed. It's a time of emotional maturity. It's a time of, of internal wisdom and internal connection and we are forced to really become our own parents during that year emotionally um so for a lot of people that's when they start going to therapy it's when they start doing their healing work and sometimes there's an event but usually it's just a um a feeling of like there's something i don't know about myself and i need to connect further so the 27 year can be hard because you're confronting everything that you haven't wanted to confront or look at uh, but it also can be really really empowering after that, we have the 28, 29, that's usually when Saturn return hits. And that's when we have the external changes. So, you know, it's Saturn comes in and is like, okay, you've learned how to regulate your emotions. You've learned how to take care of yourself. You've learned how to prioritize your own healing. Like now 
let's push you onto path. This is not the right job for you. This is not the right city for you. And that's when the external changes come in. But if your internal connection is really strong, the external stuff can't phase you that much. It's just external changes that you navigate and work through. You are such a special human being and you're just, I love listening to you speak. I'm so excited to get my birth chart read with you. Seriously. I know, I think my Saturn return isn't until 2024. So I'm a little paid for a couple more years. Um, like personally, I'm excited about my Saturn return and even my lunar, what was it? Lunar, not progressed lunar return progressed lunar return. Mm, yes. I'm also looking forward to that. I feel like all growth mm-hmm. is necessary and I'm excited to go through it now and not when I have like more responsibilities in my, like, let's say like late thirties, early forties, whatever it is. So yeah, I'm excited to That's do that. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, honey. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your insights and your wisdom. Where can everyone find you? I'm at uh, The Cosmic Laundry on Instagram. You can find my website at Giselle Plamondon, although I'm going to be shifting that to The Cosmic Laundry right away. Um, yeah. So those are probably the main main places. So my email list, if you want to get kind of updates, I have a podcast as well that's been on pause, but will be coming back probably uh, in the next couple of weeks. And for those that were asking about the Saturn stuff, especially those that have Saturn in Aquarius, because we're starting that cycle uh, next week, I'm going to be doing um, a workshop on Saturn specifically in the new year. So if that's one of the things that you're scared of or, or needs some help and support navigating, I'll be doing a group coaching program to help people with that. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. It's so juicy. It's always like, I love, love, love when people have questions for me because that's when everything kind of turns on. And I feel like I'm able to really um, connect into like my own wisdom in a deeper way. And I feel like you just had such a really beautiful way of of asking questions and and knowing how to guide the conversation. But I expected that with your Virgo Sagittarius. (laughs) I wish people could also see these conversations happening, right? Like my face is just going bright red right now. This is what happens. Oh, me. So also when there's too much love inside my chest, I'm like, I'm going to burn. Like, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So cute. Things. And we will hopefully have you back on sometime in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Different people have different experiences of every single year, 2020 included. And the thing with 2020 is that this was like the year of the astrology being the most literal it it possibly could be. Like, I have never seen, uh, you know, an astrological year where everything plays out textbook, worst case scenario. Astrologers have been talking about 2020 for years. This was not... I remember last year in like November, December, everyone was so excited for 2020. Like we're starting, you know, a whole new decade. This is what I want to achieve. Everyone was so stoked. And I just 
like saw myself and so many astrologers like guys like don't 2020 is going to be a mess there's going to be lots going on um and so the the big thing with 2021 is that we're over like 2020 was a monumental year astrologically speaking we will not see something like that in our lifetime like we just won't it was by far one of the most intense years of you know the next 50 years so we're through that but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're 100% in the clear there's like an integration period now so everything kind of happened in 2020 and energy doesn't stop and start we have to still go through the the birth process essentially so 2021 yes it's going to be lighter uh it's not going to be as heavy but there's still work to do we've still got something we've got to do yeah I feel like there's always, always work to do, but I will, I'll tell you that in January of 2020, I, I uh, wasn't really on the whole, this is going to be our year bandwagon. Um, I feel that energetically. So I would do my own sort of like energetic forecasts for each year. And in 2020, I felt like it was very much so repressed, unhealed wounds that were going to rise to the surface, both as individuals and of course as the collective or for the collective and we would be forced to look at them right which Mm -hmm. we saw over and over and over again and i think for 2021 now we're aware of all of that and we can't go back like we've seen our shadow self and we can't go back and in 2021 we'll be exploring that to a greater extent and really integrating what we learned within us it's really interesting that you picked all that up because you hit that like that's exactly what the energy of 2020 was about like the Jupiter Pluto conjunction uh, we had three of them typically we only have one and and that's really what that energy is about it's about bringing everything to the surface so it can be processed and packaged and and released and so um 2021 when we move forward there's going to be this energy of of okay we've got work to do we've got some integration we still have to pay attention i think there's also going to be an energy of connecting with our own gifts because in 2020 it's almost like like as you were talking about everyone's into astrology now i remember when i first started studying astrology and i had to scour my like local bookstores to find anything astrology related like it was so hard to come by Mm -hmm. and especially anything that was decent anything that wasn't just like fluffy you know zodiac garbage and so now to go into places like indigo and mcnally robinson and to have entire shelves dedicated to astrology and crystals and tarot and all of that stuff like that's really what we're waking up to and I think 2020 for many people was the year of letting go of all the things that, that aren't serving us, letting go of relationships, jobs, thought patterns, all of that stuff. So that in 2021, we can get really clear on what we're good at. We can get really clear on what our energetic gifts are. We can get really clear on um, what we have to offer the world. And I think that 2021 will be a year of empowerment for a lot of people, as long as they don't get stuck in worrying about what they've lost. Aside from, you know, of course, there's been a lot of really big losses in 2020. But when it comes to like, the people who've had to move or the people who have had to um, change their jobs, things like that. Like accepting that, you know, you're in a new phase of life and not getting attached to what was. 
Yes, really connecting into yourself and your own power and your own magic and your own gifts. That's what 2021 is going to be about. Oh my gosh. I got like shivers. I'm like, yes, bring it on. I feel like the energy very much so for me that I pick up is manifestation energy. And I want to be clear about this because I think that we can write all the lists that we want to write and like be clear about what we want to manifest. But if we aren't practicing gratitude and really just waking up, giving thanks for the present moment, then it's difficult to call in a future that we are seeing, right? So when I say manifestation, I want to be clear because a lot of people just tend to focus on the lists and they don't think gratitude as a main part of that practice. I agree wholeheartedly. And um, manifestation too is, is trauma work. It's just healing work. The more you heal, the more you manifest. You don't even necessarily have to do a lot of those external practices if you're just connecting to yourself. I'm just going to look at your chart here and see like what's going on um, for you personally this year because it's interesting for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. tell me? Because it was a year. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, you, so I know I'm a sun cancer, just for anyone listening, a sun cancer, moon, Sagittarius, Mm -hmm. Mercury is cancer as well. And my rising is uh, Virgo. Virgo. Yeah. 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 Have you had your chart read before? Yes. Like a while ago I had my chart read. I feel very in tune with the moon specifically. So I'm really good at picking up on like the faith of the moon and what it means energetically. But when it comes to the planets, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I downloaded like certain apps like CoStar and the pattern this year. And I felt like because this was such a, it was personally a very uh, difficult year, obviously for the collective. Personally, I also struggled I felt like kind of thrown off every time the pattern or co-star would give me like a little blurb about what I'm supposed to be feeling based on Mm. the stars. And I felt like I couldn't invite energy in where someone or something else was telling me who I am and how I feel. If that, Mm -hmm. you get that ever, people, people ever like, I don't want to know because I can't handle it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's actually, when I talk about the bringing the feminine into this practice, that's actually what I'm talking about. Because I'm the same way. So I live very much in the present moment. I don't um, try to live too far in the future or too far in the past. And that's actually based on um, my human design. That's the way I'm meant to be living. I have, I carry, you know, sun in gate 20, um, my incarnation crosses the the uh, right angle of the sleeping phoenix like I'm not really meant to be living anywhere other than in the present moment which I think is where a lot of my own like embodiment practices and my receptivity and a lot of these um, really feminine qualities that I have really comes from that ability to just be in the moment and so I when I first started with astrology did not do any type of I didn't do horoscopes I didn't do monthly forecasts that's something that I've only recently gotten into because I see how much it helps other people but the thing with that is that there are certain people that I'm not sure should be using astrology in that way and those are people that are really anxious or really wanting answers outside of themselves 
Yeah. Because then astrology becomes a crutch. It becomes no different than any other, um, you know, guru or mentor. It doesn't allow you to access the wisdom that comes from within. But people who know how to connect to that intuitive wisdom, then the forecasts and the transits and all of that can make sense and they can add richness instead of creating dependence. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I deeply resonate with that. And I think, yeah, I'm just, I would be cautious to use anything as a crutch. Like that is a a self-awareness practice that I'm very much so involved in is looking at what are my vices? Like, what am I leaning on? And of course, giving myself the space when I need to, to indulge in those things. Yeah. For the most part, I'm pretty removed from any crutches and like to ask myself, you know, what am I feeling? How do I want to move forward? Right. Yeah. That's so Virgo. That's, that's your Virgo rising for sure. Because the energy of Virgo is so conscientious and so connected to um, purity in that way. Right. Sourcing from within and within only. So that absolutely makes sense for you and for your chart. Virgos get such a bad, like, I feel like the image of them is that they're super uptight. Like I just think of Virgo always cleaning and like, I'm definitely, definitely a cleaner. Um, Mm -hmm. my space is spotless. However, that might just be more of my mom and less of the Virgo in me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's a few signs that have really where the wisdom of them has been lost and Virgo is one of those so Virgo is the sign of the goddess it's the sign of devotion it's about bringing sacredness into the mundane so it's not about cleanliness as much as it is about purity and creating the right environment for um, ritual and for connection to God to occur that that's why um, there can be when it's um, out of balance, Virgo energy can be quite anal. Um, and you know, all of the things that we think of, but in its healthiest version, it's really about setting ourselves up for a life that is, is really rich and profound without having to be extravagant. So Virgos are really, really deep and, and probably one of the most feminine of all of the signs. Hmm. I believe there's duality in all things. So with the birth charts or with the Zodiac signs, is there also that duality? Like, it kind of sounds like that. Like you're saying the unhealthy version of Virgo might be like super anal. And then the healthy Mm -hmm. version is more so like bringing um, ritual or I'm just picturing a goddess now, right? But so there's the zodiac signs as well. Absolutely. There's even like, it's more of a, a spectrum, but there's like, you know, two extreme ends and you can really exist anywhere in between. And the thing that, that I think a lot of people don't understand is that really there's only six zodiac signs. All, all of the signs work in opposition. Oh no, Giselle, I'm going to be, <laughs> what do you mean? What so, do you mean? All, all I mean is that like, so say you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I connect with actually a lot of the the um, controlling critical tendencies of Virgo. That just means that you're not leaning into the opposite side, which is Pisces. It means that you're not bringing in and cultivating that oppositional awareness. All of the signs are meant to work in tandem with each other. And the thing I think people don't understand is that whatever your sun sign is, the earth is in the opposite. So 
just as much as you are a cancer sun, the, the earth was in Capricorn at the time that you were born. So everything works in opposition. And I really think that the um, balance between the two is what creates health and harmony with all of our placements. So for people listening, what we should all do is have a look at our chart and take what signs we do have within our birth chart that are like, would you say active? Like, yeah, active, right. And look at the opposite or opposing sign and yeah. see how we can kind of merge the two or like have them mm-hmm. melt into one another in order to create that balance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very helpful. Especially with your big three, especially with your sun, your moon, and your rising. Um, and with any part of your chart that you feel is like inflamed, that where you feel like, ooh, this part of my chart is, is really coming out in a heavy and intense way. If you connect into the opposite energy and cultivate that, you'll naturally come into the higher expression of it. The thing is, too, that I think a lot of people don't understand is, is you act, you carry the entire zodiac. So even like, Okay, so you don't have any planets in Aries, but you still have your eighth house is ruled by Aries. So when it comes to the way that you approach um, shadow work and depth and psychology and the darker themes of life, you'll approach that in a more Aries type way. You'll approach those things with courage and with bravery and with the ability, you'll just dive right in there. Oh yeah. Impulsivity. So we have all of the signs within our chart and they all manifest in different ways. Wow. I really, this is so helpful. I, I kind of want to get into the houses just briefly. People send me questions about the houses all the time. And specifically they will ask me what happens if I don't have any planets in Mm -hmm. a particular house? Am I doomed? Yeah. The expert is here. Yeah, I I get that question a lot too. And there's certain questions that just, um, they frustrate me because those, that comes from misinformation. I have seen a lot of people who claim to have studied astrology saying exactly that. Like, oh, you don't have any energy in that area. Um, and this is the danger with, with when things rise and when things become popular, we have a lot of people who aren't necessarily... Um, I don't want to say they're not meant to because it might be a stepping stone, but we have a lot of people who kind of jump on the bandwagon, right? And what happens with that is then you have a lot of misinformation and I'm seeing a ton of that with astrology right now, Um, which is, you know, to be expected, but that's a huge question that I get all the time. And the answer is no. So the thing about the houses is any planets in certain houses will tell us You know, we're really putting that planetary energy into that area of our life. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing, right? So it's um, hugely dependent on the planet and how much that planet likes being in that house and in that energy. When you don't have any planets in a certain house, you have full control uh, to really manifest that house in whatever way you want to, because you have nothing supporting it, but also nothing hurting it. So it's kind of like a, a blank canvas or a blank slate and you get to just really create art with it you get to do what you want it's not a bad thing at all for me I think my house is seventh and correct me if I'm wrong but Google tells Mm -hmm. the seventh house is about love and relationships yes yeah it is so I too is also crossing my fingers and holding my breath (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> no houses in there. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's good. Um, and I, so I actually use a different house system. I use the whole sign houses most, and we don't, we don't have to go into that conversation because that can, get, uh, there can be a lot there. Um, but based on the, the house system that, um, I use, you do have, you have one planet in there, but you are correct in that that is the, it's deeper than love and relationship. It's like the divine mirror, the, the seventh house is what we project onto others. And it's also what we have coming towards us. It's um, as long as we're giving out the energy of the seventh house, we will receive it. Does that make sense? So how can I kind of, how can I give out? Like, what am I meant to give out to like um, embody the frequency of the seventh house? So you have, you have a really interesting um, thing going on with your seventh house because you have your seventh house is ruled by Pisces. So the more you connect into that like spiritual, mystical, ethereal, unconditional love energy, because that's what Pisces represents is our capacity for understanding universal oneness and, and divine love. The more you put that out into the world, the, the more you'll, you'll have that like come back to you. Um, but our, our seventh house often too will reflect what we don't want to see in ourselves because it's the opposite of our, our ascendant and our rising sign. So we have to work really hard to connect into it. The other thing is that you actually have Saturn in the seventh house. So you're meant to really approach relationships and, and any type of partnership, whether it's a business partnership or a relationship, you're meant to approach these things with, um, with resilience and, and also with responsibility. You, you're not meant to be really flippant with these ideas or decisions about partnership in any way. Um, and so when you get really serious and take responsibility for your relationships and your close connections with others, you get gifted with these like really loyal, steadfast connections. But that's often something um, that we have to connect to in ourselves. Does that make sense? It makes sense, I think. Like, I've always said that unless the person is this, like, angel to me, then it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my outlook yeah. on relationships. For me, it's not worth yeah. it. It's like, mm, you're adding so much value to my life and you're an angelic force. I Maybe because I'm just okay with being on my own, but also I feel that, like, responsibility. Yeah. I take relationships seriously, you know? I put a lot into them. So yeah, is this aligning with what you're... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because that's the exact way that that plays out. So when we have Pisces ruling the descendant, it really makes us want to be with partners that connect us to the divine. So that like we want to be with partners that have that angelic kind of... Angels. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, that's so sweet. sensitive, spiritual, intuitive souls, right? Um, and then having Saturn there really adds to that that commitment and responsibility element. element. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, that's exactly what that placement means. Okay, I love that. Yeah. I feel again optimistic about this. I'm grateful for yeah. your perspective. So as much as I wish we could just keep going through my own chart, I feel like the people know, listening okay. are like, girl, like, <laughs> move it along. So yeah. let's just kind of move back into the 2021 energy. Is there anything that really stands out that we should be 
aware of? Yeah, so some big things for this year. We are going to have another Saturn Uranus square. So that was what was happening when we had all of the protests for Black Lives Matter in June. We're going to have at least one of them, maybe two. I can't remember if Saturn retrogrades enough that we'll have two of them this year. And, and that really brings about social change and, and technological change. So we can expect more, maybe not exactly like that, maybe not worldwide protests, but we can expect like that is not going away. And I think that's a great thing. We're going to be more focused on equality in 2021, which we have to be. And I, I love Saturn Uranus squares. They can bring some intensity, but they're really, really important for the evolution of humanity. And then we have pretty much every... Every planet aside from Mars is going retrograde this year. That happens most years. So that's not like people hear that and they're like terrified, but like um, that happens most years, most planets, you know, most of the planets are retrograde half the year anyway, but it's nice that we don't, we had a Mars retrograde this year and those can be really intense. So we don't have one of those that we have to worry about this year. And I think like just the big thing with this year is just like, similar to 2020 expecting the unexpected but more so being ready and being steady in that and knowing that you can handle whatever gets thrown at you mm -hmm. yeah and just knowing like we are in the midst of some really big cycles and where we are the ones that are birthing this new age so everything that we do matters even if you don't think that what you're doing matters even if it feels like it's something that's really small there's a ripple effect that's going to be felt for generations with with all of the good that we're doing so i think that yeah that faith is a really powerful word yeah i keep thinking yeah. like can we it's beautiful that we want to do things for like we're so focused on the self right the self the self the self but can we start doing this healing work for the future generations, for our children, for mm -hmm. our ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. At the below, like yeah. can we start to own that this isn't just about us. That's kind of, that's been coming up a lot. That's been coming up a lot for me. So I have one more question for you. And I feel like it's, Again, something that I get a lot and I posted, as you know, a little story and ask me anything and people were asking about the Saturn return. They're like, ask mm -hmm. about the Saturn return <laughs> because again, yeah. it's another something to fear. Yeah, because there's, it's one of those things that I think we've been taught to not trust anything that we don't understand. And I think some astrologers feed into that fear because it's really easy to sell things when you sell from that perspective. Um, less astrologers are doing that now. It's shifting and it's changing. But I, I think it comes down to like, A, not understanding it. B, thinking that the planets have more power than they actually do. Of course they have impact. Um, but I always compare it to like, okay, if, if it rains, and you want to go for a walk, like you can still go for a walk. You're just going to have to deal with some like adverse conditions. That's all. Like you don't have to let the cosmic weather impact your life. It, you know, can you imagine if every time it rained or it snowed, you were like, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not doing anything. You just I, like halted your life. That is kind of me in the snow. So now I feel a <laughs> yeah, I guess less that. I'm like, wait, my life halts. Like, <laughs> I will be on hold until April, 2021. However, 
the rain, no big deal. I'm strolling, you know? Yeah. And I, I think about it that way. So knowing what the cosmic weather is doing is helpful because then you don't have anything unexpected. You can, you know, pack your umbrella or whatever, but it doesn't have to, to be this thing that controls your life. And the moment you start approaching astrology from that way, I really, it's no longer healing and it's no longer empowering. And then I think it's important to just find something else to have faith in. Um, I definitely don't believe astrology is for all people. I think it's for the people that it works for and it's for the people that it, it doesn't work for. It's not it. And I think the thing with Saturn return is a, it really marks the beginning of our adult lives. From an astrology perspective, we're children until our Saturn return. And we live in a society that really values youth. So I think that there's that aspect of it, not wanting to mature, not wanting to age, not wanting to have to come into our own responsibility and power. And I, I think the second part is just a lot of misinformation. Um, most people will experience, I would say that the progressed lunar return, which happens at 27, right before the Saturn return, is 10 times harder and more difficult than the Saturn return. And nobody talks about it. I've never heard of that. Yes. I will be 27 in what, like six months or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so they work together. So I really think of like, there's a reason that we have like the 27 club, right? It's, it's connected to uh, this progressed lunar return. And I, I see, I mean, I think all astrologers see the cycles as working together. So it's not a coincidence that it happens like right before your Saturn return. And this is really, it's a year when we have to confront all of our stuff, any emotions we've buried, anything we haven't healed. It's a time of emotional maturity. It's a time of, of internal wisdom and internal connection. And we are forced to really become our own parents during that year emotionally. Um, so for a lot of people, that's when they start going to therapy. It's when they start doing their healing work. And sometimes there's an event, but usually it's just a, um, a feeling of like, there's something I don't know about myself and I need to connect further. So the 27 year can be hard because you're confronting everything that you haven't wanted to confront or look at. Uh, but it also can be really, really empowering. After that, we have the 28, 29. That's usually when Saturn return hits. And that's when we have the external changes. So you know, it's Saturn comes in and is like, okay, you've learned how to regulate your emotions. You've learned how to take care of yourself. You've learned how to prioritize your own healing. Like now let's push you onto path. This is not the right job for you. This is not the right city for you. And that's when the external changes come in. But if your internal connection is really strong, the external stuff can't phase you that much. It's just external changes that you navigate and work through. You are such a special human being and you're just, Aww. I love listening to you speak. I'm so excited to get my birth chart read with you. Seriously. I know, I think my Saturn return isn't until 2024. So I'm a little yeah. big for a couple more years. Um, yeah. I'm got some time. Like personally, I'm excited yeah. about my Saturn return and even my lunar, what was it? Lunar, not progressed lunar return progressed lunar return. Mm, yes. I'm also looking forward to that. I feel like all growth mm -hmm. is necessary and I'm excited to go through it now and not when I have like more responsibilities in my like 
let's say like late thirties, early forties, whatever it is. So yeah, I'm excited to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much, honey. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your insights and your wisdom. Where can everyone find you? I'm at uh, the Cosmic Laundry on Instagram. You can find my website at Giselle Plamondon, although I'm going to be shifting that to the Cosmic Laundry right away. Um, yeah, so those are probably the main main places. So my email list, if you want to get kind of updates, I have a podcast as well that's been on pause, but will be coming back probably uh, in the next couple of weeks. And for those that were asking about the Saturn stuff, especially those that have Saturn in Aquarius, because we're starting that cycle uh, next week, I'm going to be doing um, a workshop on Saturn specifically in the new year. So if that's one of the things that you're scared of or, or needs some help and support navigating, I'll be doing a group coaching program to help people with that. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. It's so juicy. It's always like, I love, love, love when people have questions for me because that's when everything kind of turns on. And I feel like I'm able to really um, connect into like my own wisdom in a deeper way. And I feel like you just had such a really beautiful way of of asking questions and and knowing how to guide the conversation. But I expected that with your Virgo Sagittarius. (laughs) I wish people could also see these conversations happening right like my face is just going bright red right now this is what happened <laughs> me so and also when there's too much love inside my chest I'm like I'm gonna burn, I'm gonna burn. like oh my gosh thank you so much so cute. things and we will hopefully have you back on sometime in 2021 mm-hmm. yeah I love that okay definitely thanks. thank you so much thank you for having me on